Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Tagliere, and we're on Twitter at Bobby Fantasy Pro and at Mike Tagliere NFL. Tags, how's it going today, buddy? It's good, man. It's 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 good. I love I love DFS day. Like it's going through something different. You know, we talked a lot about a lot of players yesterday, but uh, today is a, a completely different like story, and I, I, it's like a puzzle you have to figure out every single week. And I know that. I mean, we have a guest, obviously, but I know you had a question lined up for me. Well, it's, it's lined up for both of you, so I'll save it until after we introduce our guest. And our guest is Justin McMahon of Daily Fantasy Insider. You can follow Justin on Twitter, at Justin McMahon. And Justin has been extremely successful in DFS, so he's the perfect guest to have on for today's show. Justin, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So, Justin, did you make it back from the uh, the pumpkin patch before lineups locked yesterday? I did not. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that you saw that. So, oh man, that stinks so bad. I knew when you were going there, you weren't going to make it. I know. I did too, sadly. But you know what? I made it back in time to play baseball, and I did really well in baseball. I ended up taking down GBP. So yeah, it worked out okay because I hadn't really played any baseball since the uh, CS st- series began. So it was nice to get get back into that for a day. So yesterday I talked on Twitter about something similar, like virtually every single person I heard agreed that it's ridiculous to spend hundreds of dollars on pictures you might look at like three times in your life. Yeah. So I want to stick in the same neighborhood for my question. Okay. I'm going to ask both of you, Justin, you're going to go first. When you get Christmas cards, do you just throw them away? Be honest. Yeah. I'm an ultimate rationalist. So to me, I can't justify hanging on to something that I don't want. Yeah. Like I, I, I understand <laughs> I put up the poll and like 50% of people said, well, I pretend to care for one second and then I throw it away. Like another 20% said they just throw it away. Tags, which side are you on, man? Um, I, I'd like to take the fifth here. Um, however, <laughs> I mean, me, me personally, they what would happen is they I would open it, I'd see it, I'd put it back on the counter, and then it would eventually I wind up somewhere. Uh, I wouldn't hang it up or anything like that. But I know my wife, what she'll do is she'll put them on like the side of the fridge because like when when them family members come over, sure, if they don't see their card up, it's probably gonna create like a stir. So she's like literally the person that doesn't want to stir any pot. So she'll probably put them up. But me. I will never, I've never sent someone a Christmas card of our family and I, d- I don't ever plan on doing it. That was like, when I was looking for a wife, there were obviously a number of conditions that had to be met, <laughs> but among the top was like, is she going to make me do a Christmas card? And if the answer was no, then, you know, she's still eligible. Oh. Um, I mean, can we just all agree Christmas cards are just, they're solicitors. Like people who send those are solicitors. I don't like solicitors. If I want to see what you look like, <laughs> I'll see you in person or even on social media. If I want to know what you're up to, I'll ask. I don't want a Christmas card. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to talk DFS? Yep. Absolutely. So guys, one of the sites we're going to be talking about today is FanDuel. And I've been telling you a little bit about FanDuel lately in some of their contests. Like they've got the Super Flex contest, the Quick Pick Kickers. They've got the satellites that I've been hyping on. But today I want to tell you about the cash game. So you hear Tags and I talking about cash games all the time. And it's like cash games are 50-50s and multipliers. So the way these work is a 50-50 is exactly what it sounds like. Exactly half of people win money. Multipliers are like you can double up your money or triple up your money, so only like 47% win. But cash games are the games where you don't use as much risk because you want the best, safest possible lineup because you just have to beat 50 or 53% of people, and it's the best way to win some money. Do you agree, Justin? Yeah, I think, I mean, if you're trying to build your bankroll, another thing I like is if you go with really low stakes head to heads. Uh, I did that when I was first starting out, and a lot of the high stakes players will just not bother partly out of courtesy and just also they just don't think it's worth their time and so if you go with like one and two dollar head-to-head games that's another way you can uh, play some cash games against some easier opponents 
And I like it that way too, especially in head-to-heads because like then you know who you're going up against and who to root against. Mm-hmm. And that's that's like the hardest part about DFS is it's like, well, you've got everybody against you and then your team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like anytime anyone scores a touchdown, I'm disappointed. But in head-to-head, it's always like, okay, good. At least it wasn't that guy. Exactly. It's nice. It's nice that you don't have to be angry every time anybody scores all day long. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's how it's going to work today, guys. This is what we've been doing, Justin. We just go one position at a time. We're going to start with cash games. That'll take up about the first 40 minutes of the show. And then we'll go backwards and talk about GPP plays. And we're not going to go super deep into the analysis because really you can talk yourself into anyone for GPP. Right. But just some contrarian guys we like or guys that are maybe being overlooked a little bit that have a lot of upside. Then at the end, we're each going to give our lock of the week and our stack of the week. So let's start at the quarterback position for cash games, FanDuel and DraftKings. Justin, is there one or two plays that uh, really stands out to you? Yeah, I hate to say this because he's been so bad lately, but I think my favorite play is Andy Dalton. And it just sounds crazy because he's had two good matchups in a row and he's done absolutely nothing with them at all. Uh, Yet I still think that he's a good cash play and it doesn't really make sense to pick someone who's been awful in two good matchups for cash, but do you guys agree with me that Dalton's a good cash play? I mean, the Bucks are historically bad. They're on pace to break every record for the worst pass defense of all time specifically. Um, so it just seems like Dalton's floor has to be higher than, than it's been in the recent weeks. And, and even in recent weeks, he's not going to absolutely kill you. Uh, and so Dalton just hasn't... Uh, he had nine points last week. That's definitely his worst game that I've all year by far. And like he had two good matchups, but were they against the Bucks? No. <laughs> no, yeah, the Bucks are on another level. It's like the 31st ranked pass defense. There's a huge drop off between them and 32nd, which is the Bucks. Tags, what are you doing? Is Dalton your favorite play? He's definitely on my radar. I don't know if I can quite trust him as my number one, though, especially with the weather being what it is. Yeah, he doesn't give you as much discount as he should. I mean, because his game was late in the week, uh, obviously the price doesn't reflect his poor performance last week, and he's 6,200 on DraftKings. Uh, me, myself, I'm probably going to pay up for Aaron Rodgers at 6,400, and I know that some people are going to look at the Rams defense and be like, why would you play him against the Rams? You know, they're nine and a half point underdogs. That's a great price on DraftKings, man. He's He's expensive on FanDuel. Yeah, and the thing is, is like people like see the Rams and they get scared. Like, don't don't be one of those people. Before they played the 49ers last week, over the last four games, they had allowed uh, four straight top 15 quarterbacks. They had allowed 10 passing touchdowns on 142 pass attempts, which is 7%. That would be the second highest in the NFL, higher than even the Falcons. So, like, Aaron Rodgers walking in there, like, the Rams stopped the run extremely well. The Packers don't necessarily have a run game right now between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. They don't know what they're doing in that backfield. I just don't think they're going to be able to move the ball on the ground. Aaron Rodgers will be up against heavy points because the Rams just put points on the board. They continue to do that. Uh, I think this game has shootout potential written all over it. I think Aaron Rodgers is the safest quarterback play on the board and you're not paying too much for him. Like there's other options like Dalton, like Andrew Luck that I think are really, really solid plays. Even Jameis Winston at 6,000 is safe, but I mean, it's 400. I'm finding myself with an extra like $200 in my cash game lineup this week. I think Jameis Winston is a good play as well. I like Aaron Rodgers. He's my number two. Dalton is my number three. And if you go to uh, the Fantasy Pros homepage and you hover over DFS, you can go down, click on Cheat Sheets. That's what I use as I'm talking about this. Um, We also have a lineup optimizer, projected ownership for premium accounts, all kinds of tools there. So you can check those out in case you haven't seen those before. And it has Aaron Rodgers as our top play in terms of value. He's going to get one point per every $341 of his salary, according to our consensus projections. But my play is actually Mitch Trubisky in cash games. I know he doesn't throw the ball an absolute ton, but with how much he's running, past three weeks, 53 rushing yards, 47, 81, 
I mean, that's a free touchdown or two every single game. I'm using Mitch Trubisky in cash games. Until his price goes up, he's got 43, 27, and 31 FanDuel points the last three weeks. My only beef with Trubisky is, uh, and, and keep in mind, I watched him play like every game at UNC, so I probably have all these weird biases that nobody else has, but I feel like he, he only runs in like big games. Like when they're losing and they absolutely need him, he takes off and runs, but in a game that just doesn't feel as competitive, I don't feel like he, he runs as much, and at least he did that. That's what he did in college, and, and I felt last week, I felt like, oh, he's definitely going to run a lot in this game, and he did. He took off all the time. Um, and when they really needed him against Miami, he was he started running a lot. But uh, in some of the games that felt less competitive, I just didn't feel like he had the same rushing upside. But but obviously his his ceiling is enormous. I am just a little worried about his floor. Um, so that's that's my one concern with Mitch in a game that's not nearly as high scoring, most likely. Um, and another thing to add about the weather for Dalton is that we've done a lot of research into weather at DFI, and one thing that we found with rain is that it actually doesn't affect passing really hardly at all. And uh, so it's actually one of the most, and so maybe that makes him not a great cash play. Maybe it's a better GBP play, but it kind of is one of the most contrarian things you can do is uh, target passing attacks in rain because it's really just wind that moves the ball. Is it the same for the snow? Can you pass the ball in the snow? No, no. Because the snow really is heavier and kind of gets in the way, but the rain doesn't, the spiral just rips right through it. And the guys have gloves that are so sticky that Drop rates are really are so marginally increased in the rain, um, and DBs and safeties slip slightly more often. So the, those two kind of cancel each other out a little bit. Um, and so if you think about it, if if two guys are going to slip, if the wide receiver slips, oh well, just don't target him. If the safety slips, it's a seventy-five yard touchdown. So it really does help the offenses more if the field is slippery, uh, as long as they can keep running. So you've got Dalton. Is Trubisky even on your radar, or is Rodgers somebody else number two for you? Rodgers is definitely on my radar. He's my number two guy. Um, I like everything Tag said. I think that game could be a total shootout. Trubisky is just, he's not on my radar enough, so keep that in mind. I've missed him. I missed him in that Dolphins game. So he, he could be big, but my concern is like, you know, 45 point over under with the eight point favorite for the Bears. To me, it's just not necessarily a cash quarterback because what if they go up 14-0 and just pound the rock all game and Trubisky feels no incentive to run? Uh, That's that's my concern. It's just his floor. So do you like Big Ben, Jared Goff? you paying up for Patrick Mahomes this week? I know a lot of people are going to. I don't think I will pay up for Mahomes. It's just there's there's not enough value. Last week there was so much good value out there, and this week I'm not – I'm not in love with, like last week I was all over a brown stack. And so it let me lock in Gurley, Thielen, like everybody that I wanted. And this week, there's not that obvious cheap stack. I mean, if I go with Dalton, then I have to pay up for either at least one of Green and Boyd, if not both. Uzoma offers some value, but yeah, there's just not quite as much with the stacks this week. And obviously, if you go Rodgers, then you have to play Adams. So there's just not as much money to save this week. I think you might want to play Adams anyway and AJ Green. <laughs> totally. Yeah, exactly. So then what do you do? Yeah, it's it's really difficult because there's not a great cheap quarterback this week. Like Dalton is a good price. Trubisky's a good price. Winston's a good price, but not cheap. And I don't have value plays I love at the other positions this week. So it's kind of tough. Tags, you've got Aaron Rodgers. Anyone else you're considering? 
like I said, I think Dalton and Andrew Luck are good plays, but the thing is, is their prices are just so close to Rogers. I don't find it. I don't find the need. Like literally, DraftKings the way they've done it this week between Rogers, Luck, Dalton, Roethlisberger, Trubisky, Winston, Goff, Russell Wilson, even these guys are within five hundred dollars of each other. Like you basically get to pick your poison. So I think ownership is going to be all over the place because there's different games you could attack here. I think there's a lot of good quarterback plays this week. So I mean, like if you're someone that likes to play, you know, 150 lineups, it's going to be difficult for you to get exposure to every single one of these guys in a tournament. I think there's plenty of good plays, but for me, Aaron Rodgers coming off the bye, he's healthy. He's probably ditching that brace. He's getting Geronimo Allison back. He's getting Randall Cobb back, even if Valdez Scantling is better than him. Um, they're all going to be on the field, and these cornerbacks for the Rams are terrible. I don't even know what happened last week. They benched Nickel Roby Coleman, and I don't know why. Uh, Sam Shields and Troy Hill have been awful. Like each of them got benched for each other, and now all of a sudden they're starting along with Marcus Peters, who in his own right hasn't been very good. So Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't. I still have no idea why that game started out as a 10.5 point favorite for the Rams, and that it's slowly coming down. I saw it as low as 8.5 today, so it, the Packers are getting hammered by smart money, so they're lowering that line. The difference in prices on the two sides, like DraftKings is always a lot cheaper for quarterbacks, and so as a result, we've got Rodgers at over 30% ownership with Jared Goff, you know, a little bit behind him, some paying up for Mahomes. On FanDuel, it's a lot different. It's a lot closer. We've got five guys in double digits, and Rodgers is still number one, but all the way down at 23%. So uh, there is a big difference. Guys, let's move on over to running back. Do you pay up for Todd Gurley, Justin? <laughs> last week, I absolutely did. But before I did, I was on the DFI podcast last week, and I said, Gurley is not quite as good as everyone thinks he is. Like He really could have had a few games with really low floors this year. Um, like The games where he did nothing on the ground – he caught a touchdown. And in the games where he did nothing through the air, he ran three touchdowns in. And last week kind of reminded me of that again. He he only caught four passes for 23 yards. He had 15 carries for 63 yards. Those those totals are terrible. And he buoyed it with three touchdowns yet again. If he doesn't score, and I mean, obviously he's scored every week this year. But if you look at, he, he's gotten really lucky the way that he's paired his touchdowns together to always score at least one. The two weeks he had zero rushing touchdowns were two of the three weeks that he caught touchdowns. So he's, it's very coincidental that he appears as consistent as he is. He's had between 25 and 39 fantasy points every game all year. There's no way that keeps up. Even if he breaks the record, he has to get, let's see, he has to get 29 FanDuel points this week to hit value. I don't, he's done that three times this year, and Green Bay is a pretty difficult run defense. I can't use him at $11,000 on FanDuel. I agree. And I, even on DraftKings at 9,800, it's just, I don't project him that much higher than the guys that cost about 7,000. Like, I absolutely love David Johnson. I think if, if the only thing Byron Leftwich does is just increase the pace of the offense, Johnson should absolutely crush. And, Kareem Hunt is a really good play at 7,000. So I just, yeah, I don't think this is the week to get. And there's like five great value plays on DraftKings too. Yeah, I just don't think this is the week to use a, the running back spot on Gurley. Last week absolutely was. It was so easy to afford him. But this week with how tight salary is, I just don't think I'm going to do it. Now, Tags, you're playing Todd Gurley, aren't you? I said I will play him until he burns me. And he he hasn't burned me yet. And I, I like what Justin said about, you know, talking about the way that he's gotten his points. But that's the thing. 
is like Sean McVay, the way he's controlling that offense, it's like it revolves around Gurley. Like Jared Goff hasn't even been very good the last three weeks, like like in terms of fantasy purposes. And it's because like he's using Gurley in all the important scenarios. And like looking at last week's game, I think the numbers could be a little bit misleading because that game was not competitive at all. And I was actually shocked to see Gurley even play in the fourth quarter. But it just kind of goes to show that I think McVay is trying to get him that record uh, in his offense. So it's like I, I, I am projecting him to score at least two touchdowns this week. And if you're going to score a uh, projected running back for two touchdowns you have to play him like I understand that you know what he has to live up to in order to hit value but it's just like running back in general has been really it's been so bad outside the top maybe 10 to 12 plays this week there is a lot more I'm not going to say that there's not Uh, I think James Conner is a phenomenal play you didn't if there wasn't I would pay up but would you really rather spend that much more than to just take Barkley I mean I won't play Barkley this week he's not someone that I'm Barkley is two thousand one hundred dollars less on FanDuel and he's he's not even averaging that much less. I, I, the Giants are a mess. I get it, but and Kareem Hunt's three thousand less. When Washington is like, so Washington hasn't been a bad run defense. There's been one running back against them this year who's totaled more than seventeen PPR points. Like, I don't like that matchup for Barkley. Obviously, the the area to attack there is the secondary. They can beat them. Odell Beckham should beat them. Sterling Shepard should beat them. Um, but. The thing is, it's to pay a thousand more for Gurley. I'm fine with that. And if, but if you want to go down, like let's say that you want to pay pay up for some high end wide receivers, you want to get a few big name wide receivers in there. You're not going to be able to stack those with Gurley and Aaron Rodgers. So if you want to go down to the Kareem Hunt, uh, James Connor territory, I'm fine with that. And Joe Mixon. Mixon, I do like. So the thing is, Tampa Bay has been really good against the run, but at the same time, Gerald McCoy missed practice again. They just lost Quan Alexander for the year. That secondary is atrocious. So. My concern with Mixon is that they are not using him the way that they should. Like, I don't think that the Bengals realize what they have in Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon, I'm, I'm a huge Mixon fan in, ter- uh, in terms of the player that he is, and his best skill set is, is a pass catcher. He does not run the ball very well. Like even going back to his college days, he was he was okay. Like he reminded me like of like a Matt Forte is like a runner and as a receiver. And the Bears used Matt Forte as a receiver. He was getting over 100 receptions in in a year sometimes. So it's like Joe Mixon needs to be lined up as a wide receiver more, especially with John Ross out for another week or two. I don't know. I I like Mixon. I just hate how they're using him. I think they could attack the game through so many different avenues there with AJ Green, with Tyler Boyd, with CJ Uzama. There's just so many avenues. A lot of people aren't going to believe this, but I think Mixon's a better receiver than Saquon Barkley. Well, obviously after the catch, Saquon Barkley is like phenomenal. Like you can't touch what he does with the ball in his hands, but Mixon has some really soft hands and he's actually a solid route runner too. A lot of Barkley's routes are just kind of like lackadaisical floating out into the flat and then getting him in space. Yep. He like gives up on his progressions within three seconds. Like if Mixon was turned into a receiver, I think he'd probably be an all pro. He's more like Le'Veon Bell. Like that's the thing. Joe Mixon is more like a Le'Veon Bell. And that's the thing. Le'Veon Bell looks better as a running back because of that Steelers offensive line. That offensive line allowed him to be patient. Like if he was behind that Bengals offensive line, Le'Veon Bell would not be considered an elite running back. I'm sorry. He just, yeah, he'd stand there waiting for the hole and then he just gets swallowed up. Well, is Joe Mixon an elite running back? I think he's an elite all around running back. I think, I think Le'Veon Bell is too, but when it comes as runners, I don't think that those, I think Kareem Hunt's a better runner. Yeah. Cause I think he would be a lot like Joe Mixon. Who's a very good running back, but also Le'Veon Bell gets a ton of touches. What other offensive coordinator would give him all those touches? I don't, I don't know. Some would, but I'm not going to trash Le'Veon Bell. He's really good. I took uh, in my fantasy drafts, I took Bell one and then I took Mixon in the second round. And I was like, I just drafted Le'Veon Bell twice. Like, I really feel like Mixon has the same upside, but I agree. They just, they're not using him the way that I hoped that they would. And I hope they turn it around soon. So we've talked about five of the six guys I'm considering for cash games at running back. Kareem Hunt, James Conner. This is my order, by the way. Hunt, Conner, David Johnson, Joe Mixon, 
Todd Gurley's number six. For me, I'm also considering Marlon Mack. He's cheap. He's going up against Oakland, and he is really good, guys. Yeah. I don't hate Mac, but he's missing practice now. Um, so, like, the thing is, is, like, that I don't like seeing that for my cash game running backs. And, like, he's a, he's a fine price, but, like, I don't know. I mean, he's in this weird territory. It's like you're either going to pay down or pay up. Like, I like Philip Lindsay. He's actually cheaper than Marlon Mack. Philip Lindsay's 5,200. Yeah, Isaiah Crowell's 3,700 with uh, Bilal Powell. Out. But that's the thing. Are you going to play him against the Bears? Like, the Bears legitimately? I don't know. At 3,700? Yeah, probably. Listen to this. Even in a PPR format, the Bears this year, they've played six football games. They have allowed four running backs to score more than 7.9 PPR points. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's it. Four. You do not want to play Isaiah Crowell. Like he needs like that. Like basically he needs 10 points and the Bears have shown they just don't really allow that to running backs. Like would you play Trenton Cannon? Just assume the Jets fall behind and then he catches a bunch of passes. I can't do it. I can't trust it. Like, it's basically a small sample size. I, the thing is, is you could play Jalen Richard for 4,200. Like, so Philip Lindsay at 5,200, Jalen Richard 4,200. Those are my cheaper options. Are you not worried about Philip Lindsay, how little he actually plays? No, because Royce Freeman's not going to play. Yeah, that's true. So he'll have to give him more work. I just, I worry that Booker, like, like last time Freeman missed snaps, it was Booker who stepped in. Uh, at least that's what it looked like. I felt like Booker took a lot of the work. Booker's a really sneaky GVP play because I don't think anybody realizes how much he actually played last time. Yeah, I don't. I hate that he's on the field, but yeah, it does turn it. But the thing is, is Lindsey should pick up in an extra five to six carries in that game. In Kansas City, they've actually allowed the most RB two or better performances to running backs this year. So Lindsey at fifty two hundred, I feel like he should be able to smash. He should be able to hit fifteen PPR points, no problem. So that, that's going to hit value in your cash lineup. And then Jalen Richard. I mean, Bobby said it on the show yesterday, Justin. Would you, if we put the over under on Jalen Richard's catches in this game at five, what would you, what would you say over or under? I'd probably go under. Really? I think I would go under. Are you guys both going over? Over. Oh, yeah, I'm going over. I'm going over for sure. You're that confident in Richard? He's got thir- 31 receptions in five games. Yeah, he's projected uh, for 4.3 in our model. So, I mean, it's probably five seems like a pretty good total. It's, it's one of those things where it's like you can't think, you can't imagine a scenario where he doesn't go over five before the game starts. And then you're watching the game and you're just like, oh, man, he's at three at halftime or two. And it's just, it's, you know, the game just flies by. That's how fantasy football goes. You think, you think you're so sure about something and then it just, but he really, he might have a lot of catches. I probably won't play him in cash games, though. I just, I don't feel that safe in him he's got as many catches as mike evans he's got as many catches as melvin gordon all these guys we think of as uh you know reception hogs and they're going to be playing from down again i like him at that price now there's a lot of other value plays i like on DraftKings. i already mentioned everyone i like for FanDuel, but nick chubb is still 4700 chris carson is 4300 i think that he's pretty safe most weeks carry johnson 53 raheem mostert 3,800 against Arizona, guys. Yeah, that's one that I've like considered. But the thing is, there's so many question marks there. We don't know if Alfred Morris is going to receive more of the touches. We don't know who's going to get goal line opportunities. If he does, then Shanahan's an idiot. And we know Shanahan's not an idiot. Well, he's not an idiot, that's for sure. But Mostert has been on the bench like all season like behind Alfred Morris. So that's my concern. Except the last two weeks when he has 140 yards on 19 carries. Justin, here's a question for you. Ronald Jones, 3,700. Now, he's Bobby mentioned Isaiah Crowell. I don't want to play him against the Bears. But Ronald Jones in a in a potentially high scoring affair between the Bengals who have been atrocious like legitimately one of the worst defenses in the NFL across the board they've been terrible even with Vontae's perfect back they have Nick Vigil they're uh, one of their bright spots of their defense this year he's out I don't think this defense is very good Ronald Jones it seems like Peyton Barber might be inactive for this game uh so they're they're likely moving towards Ronald Jones would you play him at 3700 yeah if if 
Barber ends up being inactive, then Jones is like the easiest plug and play because that game is a ridiculously high total. It's supposed to be pretty close. And Jones actually can be involved in the passing game. He's already had five catches on only three games with very limited snaps. So there's a lot of upside to picking him. And uh, yeah, for 3,700. See, one thing I don't like about Jalen Richard with is that I think his ownership will go way up because Lynch is out and because Cooper is out. And I don't believe those two guys actually affect him. I don't think his role increases much. Yeah, exactly. I think that that just means Doug Martin steps in for Lynch. And Cooper was barely targeted. I mean, Cooper was hardly targeted more than Johnny Holton would be targeted. So it's, <laughs> it's very true and it's sad. It was an embarrassment how they were using Cooper. So I don't even think that that'll increase Richard's role that much. So I just, I don't like going after guys who I think will be higher on because of news that doesn't really affect them. Um, Jones, I love. I kind of hope they rule out Barber uh, later in the week, maybe Sunday morning. It's undisclosed right now. Do you guys know? I, I've not heard anything. I don't, but the thing is, even like the, even last week, they pulled him out of that game, and like they started going with Ronald Jones, and Jones obviously scored the first rushing touchdown of the year. He hasn't looked bad, and that's the thing. is like Ronald Jones, I've been saying it. He's the better option for this offense because he's not going to run into the back of his offensive line over and over like Peyton Barber does. Like Ronald Jones is going to lose yards at times. That's going to happen, but he's also going to break some long runs at times. I think he's a better option for them. Yeah, definitely. All right. Any other running backs you guys want to talk about? We covered a lot of them, but there's a lot of decent plays. Yeah, we talked about the value plays and like, obviously, you know who they are up top. So. All right, guys, before we move on over to wide receivers, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of today's show, Lisa Mattresses. So you all know I'm sick. You can probably hear it in my voice. And a lot of times when you're sick, you just don't sleep well. Since I got my Lisa mattress, that has not been the case. I am sleeping like a baby. Quality night's sleep helps you recover from distractions faster, prevents burnouts, make better decisions, improve your memory, and overall just make fewer mistakes. It's not marketing, it's just science. To design a better mattress, Lisa leveraged 30 plus years of experience and hundreds of hours of testing to develop the perfect mattress for all body shapes and sleeping styles. Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's sleep for everybody, and through their 110 program, they donate one mattress for every 10 they sell. That's more than 26,000 mattresses and counting. Lisa strives to leave the world a better place than they found it, but it doesn't stop with mattress donations. Together with the Arbor Day Foundation, Lisa plants one tree for every mattress they sell, and they're committed to planting one million trees by 2025. Don't miss these fall savings. Get $160 off a Lisa mattress at lisa.com slash fantasypros. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash fantasypros. I have actually donated to Arbor Day the last few years and planted a tree. Oh, did you? Yeah, I get their mail every year seeing if I want to plant another tree. Well, you can plant an extra one if you get a Lisa mattress. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Dude, it seriously is so comfortable. I'm not messing around. It's like, you know when you go on vacation and you're like, dude, this bed is so good. I just want to stay here forever. Yeah. it's it's That's what it's like, except it's at your house. Wow. I'm going to have to look into that. (laughs) All right. Let's move on over to wide receiver then. Justin, is Antonio Brown your favorite play this week, or is it somebody else? Uh, I think for me it might be Boyd. Just what uh, what the Bucks have allowed to slot receivers. And, you know, it would be Devontae Adams if it wasn't for the fact that I like so many expensive people this week. Um, and, and I could just save a lot of money on Boyd. I mean, on DraftKings, he's 6700 I kind of think of him as one of the elite wide receivers up there in the 8000 range with those guys. It's just the name. I think if it was if he had a different name that people were more excited about, um, he didn't do much last week, and so I think that'll be another thing that keeps people off of him in cash games. But um, I, I think running out of the slot against Tampa Bay has been a recipe for success this year, and really no slot receiver hasn't at least done okay. So I feel like Boyd's floor is, is really high in a game that I expect to have a lot of points. He has a great value on FanDuel. 
Tags is Boyd one of your favorite plays too. What is he on FanDuel? Sixty eight hundred, which oh wow, yeah, that's so cheap on DraftKings. They they're making you pay for him this week. Uh, he's sixty seven hundred. Like you you'd be choosing between him and like Robert Woods, which is a whoa man. Are you serious? Yeah, it's a tough decision. Like I actually I love Boyd, and like the thing he's like the same price for us as uh, as Sterling Shepard and Tyler Lockett. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a, it's an auto play in the FanDuel. It sounds like Do you know Landry Landry is sixth among all players this year and uh, expected fantasy points per game not surprised at all oh no he's getting tons of opportunity he's just not delivering he's underperformed more than anyone else the only thing about that that's a little misleading is that he's also first in throwaway targets so like every time mayfield is under pressure he just throws the ball into the ground in the general direction of landry and they have to give landry a target for that so that's that's really inflating his his targets this year we've got landry as our 10th projected wide receiver this week and his price all the way down there at 6700 not even close to 10 So I think he's a good play. Then again, their implied total is just 21 points against Pittsburgh. I think that's a little low, guys. What do you think? I think it's kind of low, too. I like the over in that game, but it, se- it seems like the under is being pounded. Like, that, that total is dropped in that game. Like, it keeps dropping, and it, it's concerning me a little bit because uh, it's now at 49. I want to say it started out at, like, 51 and a half. So, yeah, they keep dropping that total. I don't know why Pittsburgh's still an eight-point favorite. So Pittsburgh's defense is fine, but, like, it's not they're not world beaters they've played better but the thing is is like so what they've done recently is they moved joe hayden into like shadow coverage and they've gone more man than the typical zone that they were playing early in the season but the problem is is that they don't have anybody for joe hayden to shadow so i think they might go back to that zone defense this week that has basically been hammered their safety play has been atrocious i mean this browns defense is fine but don't they remember cleveland give up 45 points to the raiders yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like I, Cleveland defense has looked poor recently, and if Ben can get some time, he's going to throw a lot. Like he's going to complete a lot of passes, and hopefully the bye week did him some good because he hasn't been playing very good football this year. Like I know fantasy wise he has, but in terms of actual playing, it's like Mitch Trubisky. Like these guys are not playing very good, but the fantasy numbers are there. Yeah, last week I saw something in this Browns defense where they just allow wide receivers to destroy them deep right. They're pretty good almost everywhere else in the field, but the safeties just cannot get over to that right sideline. So I locked into Sean Jackson, who runs tons of routes there. He was wide open three times for touchdowns. And one, he caught, and it was ripped out of his hands. The announcer even announced that it was a touchdown. And then he's like, oh, no, he dropped it. <laughs> oh, man. I was just like, oh, my God, you got to be You were tilting so hard on Sunday. I saw your Twitter feed, man. I know. I was like Deshaun again wide open. And Jameis does this thing when someone is wide open where he just like kind of throws it off his back foot and just heaves it up in the general direction of them instead of aiming the ball. And it's, oh, I can never watch another Bucks game. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Justin and I love Tyler Boyd and Jarvis Landry. Tags, who's your favorite play this week? Yeah, Boyd's an awesome play. I like him. Uh, I wish his price didn't come up so much because I wish I could have gotten him cheaper, but uh, he's a great play. Like, he's actually in my cash game lineup right now. But Devontae Adams is my favorite play uh, at 7,900. As I've mentioned, you know, the Rams defense is not what you think it is. So the combination of Marcus Peters, Troy Hill, and Sam Shields, listen to this. Before playing the 49ers excuse of a, a wide receiver core last week, They had allowed, over the last five weeks, they had allowed 41 of 55 passing in their coverage for 717 yards and nine touchdowns. 
That is stupid. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, so despite not allowing any last week, they've now allowed seven wide receivers to finish with more than 17 PPR points against them, including four wide receivers with more than 23 PPR points. Um, again, Marcus Peters has looked lost in coverage. Literally, Tyler Lockett ran right by him, and Tyler Lockett's not fast. As, as much as people think he is, actual game speed in terms of like next-gen stats, they've tracked his shoulder pads. He's not that fast, but he he's agile. <laughs> he walked right past Marcus Peters, like Peters, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, some people are. St- Peters has problems with his eyes, man. Like I don't know if he can <laughs> see or something. But, uh, he just, yeah, he just lets people run right past him, which doesn't make any sense because he's so talented. Yeah, and even if he did shadow Adams, I'm not worried about it because Devonte Adams is taking care of some really good cornerbacks this year. Devonte Adams is like a must play for me. He's an elite. Aaron Rodgers is taking care of some good quarterbacks. It doesn't matter who's covering anyone; he's going to get them the ball. I think Adams is is a complete lock. I agree with you, Tex, because there's this crazy stat coming into the season. About- how Aaron Rodgers targets the other team's best cornerback the least in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Wow, that used to be true. I don't think it is now, but uh, because he's been targeting Adams anyway. Adams has also had the single most difficult uh, individual coverage matchups through six weeks of any receiver in the NFL. Out of all the receivers in the NFL, he had the toughest schedule. He's averaging twenty four point one a game on DraftKings, and he plays with the quarterback who least prefers to target the best corner on the other team. Now he finally gets a good matchup. I mean, it seems like 30 is is very easily attainable for him. Yeah, like he's an awesome play. Like the thing is, is like A.J. Green's a great play too. So like he's going to match up with Carlton Davis. He's a rookie cornerback that's been burned over and over. But Green has also been playing in the slot a bit too, which is where obviously why we like Tyler Boyd. But M.J. Stewart's the rookie cornerback playing there for them. A.J. Green's an awesome play. Uh, Antonio Brown's, it's, it's tough to stay away from him too. Um, but if I ha- if I can only pay up for one wide receiver, I'm just going to take Devontae Adams and I get a little discount because of it. I'll take Green and then I'll take Adams if I'm paying up for them. I can only afford one, so I'm taking Green. Um, I'll have Green and I'll have Boyd and I'll have Landry if I'm going flex. Uh, I haven't really built my cash game lineup yet, but just looking at it, because I like to build it later in the week once we know a lot of stuff. Like if Ronald Jones is in there, I don't want to go the whole week thinking, hey, this is my cash game lineup, but then I have to redo my research. I love doing like, looking at everything and then making my decision so I can build the smartest lineup. Now, let me say this. I don't think Odell Beckham is a bad play. I know that he's going up against Josh Norman and Washington, but you just look at his targets. 15 against Jacksonville, 9, 10, 11, 14, 10, 11. Every single week, he's going to get double-digit targets. You've got Pat Shermer over there standing on the sideline literally yelling to Eli Manning, Throw it to Odell. Did you see that? Yeah. Throw it to Odell. Yeah. I mean, that's their. That's going to be their offense. I mean, that's that's all they have. Has to be. Yeah. Norman. Norman has not. I watched. I'm a red, big Redskins fan, so I've watched every game, and Norman has not been all that impressive. The one thing that sucks if you're playing a receiver against Norman is that he'll usually choose to commit a penalty rather than let you let you catch the ball. It hurts his cornerback rating, uh, and so people are going to look and say, "Oh, well, he's been pretty bad this year." He has, but he. He's not allowing as many stats as he should be because he doesn't want to have those stats allowed against him, and he doesn't want to have to make the tackle after the ball is caught. So if he knows he's beat, he'll just catch up to you and throw you to the ground. So that's the only thing I don't love. But Odell will just get right by him. I don't even know if he'll be able to commit a penalty. Odell will be so quick to, to beat him. Um, he, has, he, has, he has probably as big an upside as anyone on this slate because he was so angry at the way that game ended last week. Uh, and probably every week before that too, but uh, they they're just gonna keep feeding him the ball. Odell's a, he's a good play. I don't think I'd play him in cash though because you still have to worry about Eli being Eli. 
Um, you know, Josh Norman doesn't shadow either. So Josh Norman is he's stationary at left cornerback. So uh, Odell isn't going to see him all the time, anyways. He moves all around the field too. Yeah, he's going to see a mix of all three cornerbacks for them. So I'm not. I like Odell, and I think he's a fantastic tournament play. Like I will have exposure to him in tournaments, but in cash, I just think it's too risky considering his quarterback. You know, there's two other guys we haven't even talked about, and they're both great plays: Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks against Green Bay. Cooks and and Woods are awesome plays. Yeah, like. Seriously, like Brandon Cooks is going to match up with Tremont Williams. Even in his heyday, he ran a four five forty. So you you're probably like in the four six four seven range at this point in his career. And Brandon Cooks will eat him alive. And Josh Jackson's really slow too. So basically, you're saying I would beat him in a race right now, Tex? You <laughs> pro yeah, you might actually. So Bobby, what what was your what was your official forty time? Well, actually, I won it because I'm wearing a boot for my torn Achilles. But yeah, I got a I got a four six three on my way to breaking the world record. Yeah, you would probably beat him in a race right now. And if anyone doesn't believe it, you can go all, you all go watch the the YouTube video. It's out there. Just type in Bobby Sylvester Combine. You'll see I'm actually really fast. I'm not making a joke. I really did break a world record in that. No, he's like Danny Amendola, just a little weaker. Yeah, and I've not been eating very healthy lately. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, good plays. Uh, some mid-range plays I like, Emmanuel Sanders, Golden Tate. I think they're quality plays. There's not much in terms of value plays this week maybe Jordy Nelson. I don't want to play him in cash games. Taylor Gabriel, same thing. Don't want to play him in cash games. Uh, Demaryius Thomas is really cheap. Michael Crabtree is really cheap. Geronimo Allison, if he's healthy, but I don't know if I want to play him in cash games because of the injury. Uh, Allen Robinson, anyone you like, Justin, for value plays? There's not a whole lot of value I really like. I, I particularly do not like Jordy Nelson uh, for the same reason I mentioned before. Cooper was barely getting any targets, so I don't think it's going to drastically increase Nelson's role. If anything, the defense will focus on him a little bit more. So I think I'm going to try to go with a bunch of mid-range receivers. Um, I think I'm going to try to build a really balanced lineup this week and avoid having to pay up anywhere. I'll probably go really cheap at defense uh, to try to save some money there. Uh, there's no there's no deep dives at receiver that are just total punts. Like last week, I really liked some of the really cheap Browns receivers and there were a lot of really cheap receivers last week, and, and it seems like all of a sudden there just aren't any. Maybe Martavis Bryant for GPPs, but uh, but yeah, there's not a lot for cash games. Tags, do you have anyone you like for value? Doug Baldwin is an awesome play. 5,500. He's, he's, he's in play for cash for me um, at 5,500. So the Lions, like overall, they've been pretty decent against wide receivers. But if you look at the top four uh, performances they've allowed, uh, they've allowed four players to score at least 18 PPR points against them. You have, uh, it was Devontae Adams was the first one. But then after that, it was Danny Amendola, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's a, uh, another slot receiver, as is Danny Amendola, and Quincy Anunua when he was playing the slot. So this team has really struggled. They have teased Tabor. Uh, playing the slot he's a, a second round pick from last year he's looking more and more like a bust every single week he's allowed two touchdowns in his coverage on on the last 12 targets he's seen Doug Baldwin saw nine targets when Russell Wilson threw the ball just 24 times before their bye week he had the bye week to rest up that knee to get even healthier I definitely like Doug Baldwin an awful lot this week Doug Baldwin at 5,500 is ridiculous. So is Kenny Galladay at 5,700, even against Seattle. But even, like, so I'm thinking for value of, like, sub 5K, and, and like, that's the, that's, it's a shame that that's the best value there is. Cortland Sutton's 3,800, guys. If someone gets traded, hopefully, like, Thomas gets announced that he's traded at, like, 1250 on Sunday. <laughs> Except I'll be at church, so that won't work for me. Oh, brutal. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to mention one, one more play. I, I mentioned on the sit and start show yesterday um, that Anthony Miller, if you're looking for like a dirt cheap option, like let's say that you put together your cash lineup is like, is there anybody below 3,500 I could stick in there? 
Anthony Miller, man. Um, I don't think Allen Robinson plays this this game against the Jets, and the Jets have been murdered in the slot. Anthony Miller has gotten separation. Trubisky just missed him multiple times last week. He, he saw a season high, seven targets against the Patriots, so his role is increasing. The Jets are really good against tight ends. Jamal Adams should limit Trey Burton. I like Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller in this game, but Miller is 3,400. He's like dirt cheap. And I mean, if you're looking for like a really cheap option, I have no issue playing him at 3,400. All right, guys, tight end. And I love Travis Kelsey this week. How could you not against the Broncos? But he's 7,300 on Vandal. I can't do it. For me, I'm going to David Njoku again. Justin, is that where you're at? Uh, That's exactly where I'm at. I absolutely love David Njoku. Uh, I thought last week he didn't quite get the target volume people were expecting. Um, but I think that was due to the flow of the offense. Like, rarely are plays drawn up for David Njoku. So the first time they come out in a series, you usually will not see Njoku target on the first three plays. And then as the drive gets moving along, it seems like Mayfield just looks at him more and more um, as they kind of get away from their scripted plays and they're, they're rushing their offense a little bit more. And so the less flow they have, the less targets he'll receive. But uh, I still love David Njoku this week. I think for the price, he's still easily the best play. Tags, are you worried about the knee entry? Not necessarily. Um, the thing is, is like his price is right next to Jimmy Graham, who's a fantastic play as, as well. I know you love Graham this week, yeah. Graham's a great play. and But the thing is, is I'm probably going to not have either of them <laughs> just because Uzama is going to be in my lineup. Like, so the Bucks, <laughs> they are so bad. Like it, it's, it's not even funny, like how bad they've been against tight ends this year. So they have allowed five tight ends to score more than 15 points against them. There's no other team in the NFL that's allowed more than two games like that. Like they legitimately, you cannot try to be this bad. You can't. And knowing that John Ross is out for this game, it just clears up some more targets in the offense. Everybody's going to be playing uh, Boyd. Everybody's going to be playing Green. But I think Uzama might be a little bit overlooked, and he's only 3,500. Like, the matchup legitimately does not get any better than this. So I love him this week. I think he's a great play. Double stack the tight ends, man. You got... You can, for sure. Yeah, you could go Uzama and David Njoku, and you're only spending $8,100. Yeah, I mean, you could do that in tournaments. I don't know if I would do that in cash, but... Yeah, I don't think I would in cash, especially, I mean, if you end up going with Ronald Jones, he's only $200 more than Uzama. But the thing that does concern me a little bit about Uzama is that he had a great matchup last week. He had a perfect game script. They were down. They lost by 35, and he had... He had two targets. Yeah, Dalton was terrible, but he also didn't look at Uzama very often. So uh, he, he's he's never the first read on a play. I mean, yeah, since since Eifert went out, he's got two targets, one target, two targets, seven targets, two targets. Once Eifert went down, ever since Tyler Eifert went down, he's been a top 10 tight end. Yeah, but isn't that just kind of buoyed by some lucky touchdowns on the... If he's not getting those targets, man, I can't play him over Njoku. Eifert was the same way in this offense, though. I think that that's who Andy Dalton is. When he gets in the red zone, I think he likes his tight ends. True, but in a cash game, if, if Uzama doesn't score a touchdown, you're going to get, like, two points. And in cash games, that's just... Like, I played him in cash against Pittsburgh, and he caught six balls for 54 yards, so that worked out. I just think that there's going to be volume in this game, because, like, like, like I said, Tampa Bay, missing a linebacker now. They're down to their backup safety. Like, they're starting Jordan Whitehead. He's a rookie safety that's undersized. I just feel like... Like the matchup is so good and you're getting a big discount if he was like you know a couple hundred bucks away from Joku or, or Jimmy Graham I'd be like yeah just pay up but um I don't know if, if you need to save the money I like him and Joku's got 36 targets in the last four weeks no I dude you will not find someone that like I'm not going to tell you that Uzama is a better play than Joku I'm not okay I'm just saying because of the price that he is that's that's probably why I'm going to play him in cash because I do want to pay up for Tyler Boyd I do want to pay up for Devontae Adams by the way Ebron has 50 targets in the last five weeks 
And I know Jack Doyle's coming back, but they get Oakland, who's just dreadful against tight ends. I think he's a great play, too. I'm going to read this straight out of the primer because so many people are like, Mike, why do you have Ebron ranked as a top five tight end this week? Oakland is really good against tight ends because they're actually top 10 in terms of fantasy points allowed. Here's the thing. I'm going to read it straight out of here so you guys can like just hear this out loud. So the Raiders are one of three teams who allow more than 10 yards per target to tight ends on the season, though not many know that they're that bad because 10 yards per target. Yes, because teams have only targeted tight ends against them 26 times, which is by far the lowest in the league. That's probably because they've played Jake Butt, Virgil Green, Mike Gesicki, Tyler Higby and others. Despite lackluster competition, you just heard a lot of those names. They've allowed the second most fantasy points per target to the position. I love Eric Ebron this week, and he's going to be under-owned because of the whole Doyle news. But Doyle's coming off like five, it's like a five-week absence, like of a hip injury. It's not like this is something small. Like Jack Doyle might be limited in his snap count. I love Eric Ebron. I don't know. I'm not going to say you should play him in cash because he's 4,900, but awesome, awesome tournament play. Oh, by the way, I'm looking at expert consensus rankings right now. Ebron is number four. Do you know where Jack Doyle is? I can't even find him. He's all the way down at tight end 30 this week. You're not alone on that, Tags. Almost every expert in the industry agrees with you. I don't even know if Doyle will play. He's just been limited in practice this week, and, and I agree. Why would they, They're not going to give him a full workload, and Ebron's been so good that for the price, even if Doyle takes a couple of targets, it's not... It doesn't make Ebron a bad play at all. Man, I'd love to play three tight ends this week. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, let's go DST, and then we'll circle back around and do GPP, and then our locks of the week. Justin, who's your favorite DST this week, or do you have uh, two or three of them you like? I usually like to pay down at defense. We found something this year that showed that there's absolutely been zero correlation this season on price and points, which I couldn't believe. Like, it was slightly negative, which just means that there's no correlation. And so... I don't think that's going to hold up all year. I think that's just kind of a little bit fluky, but uh, I, I definitely like paying down at defense. So I'm kind of, I'm looking at a lot of different options down there and it may come down to which players get ruled out. I kind of like Redskins for 2,700. Uh, Eli Manning is a disaster. He falls down if someone touches his shoelace. So I like the Redskins opportunity to pick up some sacks and turnovers. Man, they're 4,100 on FanDuel. That's not a good price. Oh, wow. So on DraftKings, they're 2700 um, So yeah, FanDuel and DraftKings often really switch up their defensive pricing. So you've got to get specific to the site that you're playing on and then go with the best option there. For FanDuel, I really like the Arizona Cardinals. They're 3400 going up against C.J. Beathard at home. It's going to be a closer game. The, Car- the Cardinals have a lot of talent. I also like the Ravens. They're just 3700 against Cam Newton. The Steelers are not a bad play. Like I said, that implied total for the Browns is 21, and they're under $4,000. I mean, guys, the difference between them and the top defense this week, the Bears, who are projected for 9.1 points, is less than a point. These three teams, our consensus projections had them at 8.2. I think the Steelers are a must-play on DraftKings. They're 2,300. Like, they're they're near minimum, and it allows you to do some crazy things. And uh, the, the ECR in them right now is the defense five, and that's because the Browns, even with Mayfield under center, who is, he's a mobile quarterback, but he's still taking a lot of pressure. He's still learning the ropes. He's been sacked at least five times in each of the last three games. He's thrown a couple picks here and there. I just think they come with a high floor. As Justin said, just save money at the position. Yeah, we've got the Steelers as our top projected ownership play at DST. Another team that's up there is the Indianapolis Colts against Derek Carr and that Raiders team that is just abysmal. So that's a decent play. Let's go GPP. Just really quick, Justin, give us one GPP defense. 
Uh, GVP, you could almost justify any defense at all, and it's super site-specific, so I, I don't even know who I would pick. But I did want to say one thing, Bobby. I love the Cardinals on FanDuel. They're the sixth cheapest defense on FanDuel, and they're second most expensive on DraftKings. So total, total flip. Um, I think I think a GPP defense is the Redskins on FanDuel. I think people are not going to be willing to pay up for them. If you have the leftover salary, I like going up to get them. I like the Giants face Washington. And it's not that I think Washington is really bad or anything, but I could definitely see the Giants with Landon Collins and Janoris Jenkins taking one to the house, and that's really what it takes to cash. Yeah, I don't. That defense is going to give up again. We saw them do it last year. <laughs> yeah, but even if they gave up, if they score a touchdown, which happens from to horrible defenses. But Alex Smith does not turn the ball over. Yeah, Alex Smith is not turnover prone. Uh, like I'd rather play a defense against Eli. I like Justin's call, but mine, mine would be Kansas City, and I know no one wants to hear that, but Kansas City defense at home has been really good and here's the thing like by playing Kansas City what you do is you get a contrarian play from Patrick Mahomes because so many people want to play him and if the the Chiefs defense returns a pick six they have multiple sacks we're not going to see Mahomes post sky high numbers it's not going to happen so um, I think that you could pair the KC defense with Kareem Hunt and I think that gives you a pairing that would actually work really well in a tournament all right tight end GPP and I say this every single week I'm not straying from this it tends to work out we've got some great cash game plays for tight end Use those guys for GPP too. There's a reason that they're such great cash game plays. Yeah, yeah. I I usually use the best tight ends. Like I'll probably use Njoku. The only guy I'm really considering, uh, and I'm gonna say his name wrong, is Jeff Herman from the Broncos. He's two thousand six hundred on DraftKings. I don't think I'll use him on FanDuel, but people are gonna see last week and see zero targets for zero receptions. Are you kidding me? Uh, why would I play this guy? He was coming off games of 5-4-7-4 for targets. And last week, he actually did catch a touchdown, but it was negated due to a penalty. Uh, he's kind of He's been hitting the same range, and I think he has some upside. They do try to use him in the end zone. It just hasn't really worked out yet for an official touchdown on the stats. Um, so he's a deep sleeper play that you could use at tight end. He's going to be like 0.1% owned. And if he scores two touchdowns, you're winning some serious money. If Case Keenum can throw two touchdowns, that is. Yeah, Case Keenum's not horrible. Uh, he's not good. <laughs> he's, well, I'm just saying that because Blake Bortles is my quarterback. Oh. All right, Tex, do you have a tight end? Uh, we talked about a lot of the guys. I think uh, I think O.J. Howard at 3,900 is a good tournament play. Um, and if you want to pay up, go to Kelsey. Okay. All right, wide receiver. Justin, why don't you start us off here as well? I would go with Odell, who we already talked about. I think he's a really high upside GPP play. Um, not a lot of guys I'm dipping too far down with. I'm probably going to use uh, whatever my stack is. I'd probably pair an extra receiver. So if I'm going Rodgers, I'm going to add on an extra guy. If I go with Dalton, I'll probably go with Green and Boyd. So there's just not going to be a lot of room for me to add in a lot of you know total flyer receivers. My first name is Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is always a good GPP play, and no one's going to play him because they're going up against Denver, who's really just not that good. If this game ends up being a shootout, like I know Kansas City's minus 10 right now, but if this game ends up a shootout, I could see Sammy Watkins going nuts like he does from time to time. Yeah, no, I mean, Watkins is like, he's been pretty solid in the games he's played. Like, in the games that Tyreek Hill goes off, and by the way, the Broncos, the, like, a lot of people are going to be asking about Tyreek Hill. Like, why haven't we talked about him? And it, I went back and rewatched that game um, this week between the Chiefs and the Broncos, and the way that they defended Tyreek Hill in that game was, like, 
awesome. Like they they legitimately gave him room off the line of scrimmage. They were not running press coverage. They knew that the cornerbacks couldn't handle that. They basically trusted them to tackle him in the open field. They were allowing him to catch screens and things like that. They were basically keeping the play in front of them. And there's really no reason for them to change their approach this week because it worked the last time they played. I think he saw over 10 targets and he didn't finish with more than I think 60, 70 yards. Like it wasn't a great game for him. So it wouldn't shock me if Watkins um, was the better play this week. Um, I, I like that call. I think T.Y. Hilton's a good play too. Uh, against Oakland. Oakland has allowed seven 40-plus yard passing plays. That's tied for highest in the NFL. T.Y. Hilton can tear the top off any defense. Like, and that, by the way, those cornerbacks there, like, they're not happy. Like, Rashawn Melvin's been tweeting things. Gary and Conley was benched. There's just, that, Gruden has lost control of that team. And um, T.Y. Hilton at 6,300. I mean, you could pair him with Luck and you have a you have a nice combo there. It's intentional, man. They're trying to tank just like the Rams did back in the day so they can get all these great picks. <laughs> I do have a couple of, of big GPP punts that you could go with. Antonio Callaway and Damian Ratley. Ratley, I would like. Callaway sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but he could catch a 70-yard touchdown. Callaway is horrible. He's a horrible, horrible receiver. Um, he drops balls every single game, but he still is second on the team in snaps for wide receivers. And Ratley and Callaway played most of the game last week. They both had horrible outings, so I would not expect people to be on them. But they're both capable of having a 100-yard, two-touchdown games the way Mayfield slings the ball downfield. So um, those two guys each, if you do decide to play a Mayfield stack with Landry and Joku, maybe even throw in one of those two guys could have really high upside. Yeah, Marquez Valdez-Scantling I think is a good play this week. I mean, that's only that's only if Cobb sits, though. Because they're not going to play him over Cobb. Like, that's the part that sucks. I, I agree with you. He'd be, he'd be a decent play if, if Cobb was out, but they're saying Cobb's going to play. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if Cobb is out, I'm playing MSV. I'm, I'm getting some exposure. Taylor Gabriel, dude, 5,100. Like, so Morris Claiborne missed practice yesterday. I don't, I haven't seen the practice reports today, um, but he's not good to begin. Like, so Morris Claiborne is actually a pretty, he's like a physical receiver. He'll get his hands on a wide receiver, but he's not good. Like he's, he doesn't have speed. He's a four five forty guy. Last week, Taylor Gabriel, so many people are going to be down on him because he had a matchup with Jason McCourty, who has just as much speed as he does. Uh, but the Jets safety play has been terrible. Marcus May, they're starting free safety is out. Um, so the coverage over the top, I, I really think that the Jets are going to struggle containing him. I think Gabriel's a good tournament play. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it goes without saying, like, Brandon Cooks is an awesome play at 6,900. We could add guys all day, but one more that I want to toss in is Christian Kirk. I really want to see what that new offensive coordinator, I know Byron Leftwich isn't saying he's going to change up a lot, but... What? Why would he say that? They've been so horrible. you got to say, I'm changing everything. I'm going to change everything, exactly. And I think that the, the switch to Leftwich is kind of signifying, like, okay, we're totally giving up on the season. Let's just develop our team. And uh, I think Christian Kirk would be the guy that you'd have to start targeting more. And, I mean, with Witherspoon and Maven on the outside for... San Francisco, those two corners are horrible. So Yeah, they benched Witherspoon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, they, they, they have nobody good, though. No matter who they run out there. I know, they have to go back to him. Yeah, Sherman's out. Right, yeah. No matter who they put out on the field, it's going to be terrible with Sherman out. So Kirk, I, I really think, has a ton of upside. He's he's caught 75-yard touchdowns before. I think he could catch a couple of them. If, uh, if you really want to go for a GPP takedown, I think Christian Kirk could be your guy. It was against the 49ers, too, where he caught that 75-yard touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go running backs. I'm going to start us off with Adrian Peterson against the Giants. Tags, I know you love that one. Yeah, dig it. I definitely dig that. With Snacks Harrison gone to Detroit. Like that. Like I said, dude, the Giants defense, like I, I should say that I do hope because it's like it was fun watching like fantasy points just accrue anytime someone played the Giants. But 
that team might just give up. I don't know. It's just ugly. I don't know how they're going to respond to like letting go of Harrison for a fifth round pick. I have no idea. But Peterson wasn't a bad play to begin with. But with Chris Thompson coming back, it is going to lower his ceiling just a little bit. What about Jordan Howard, guys, at 4,800 in a tournament? Boo. <laughs> I, I get it. But I mean, like. Tariq Cohen for life. No, I like Cohen too. But here's the, but hear me out here, okay? What's his upside? Like 80 yards? So hear me out. One touchdown? Trubisky was struggling before they went into that Bucks game, right? And the Bears had the bye after the Bucks game. What did Matt Nagy do? He went in and he said, basically, we're going to throw all over this team. Like, we are going to give Mitch some confidence going into the bye week. I think they have to get Howard going. Like, I don't think this team is going to go anywhere if they have to rely on Trubisky to throw the ball over and over. And I think that they know that. I think it's been a learning experience, like running Jordan Howard up the middle over and over. They have to run some power. They have to get like a fullback. They, they should make their fullback Burton active. I don't know why they don't. Um, but I'm just saying, like, he's a guy that could score multiple touchdowns in this game. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that he could. Uh, there's really no one else that I love for GPP that we haven't already mentioned. I mean, the obvious plays like uh, like Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley is a great GPP play always, David Johnson, Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey, even against Baltimore. Who knows if they're going to run the ball 28 times again? No, no, no. Put put Christian McCaffrey on your do not touch list. Seriously, do not play him. He had 14 receptions one game. You're telling me he's not a good GPP play? Don't, no, do not, do not play him. So Baltimore legitimately has allowed no running back to score 16 PPR points against them. Is like, he really a running back? Alvin Kamara was literally against them last week and he and he finishes the RB16. Alvin Kamara is better than Christian McCaffrey. He gets goal line touches. Christian McCaffrey is like, literally do not play him. Like if you play him, we are no longer friends. He's not going to score a touchdown. He's like Julio Jones, but for running back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Justin, do you have anyone else at running back? Yeah, definitely not touching McCaffrey and GPs. I got to make one more plug for Trenton Cannon. I, I want people who, who watch Trenton Cannon go off on Sunday to be like, wow, wasn't that Justin guy from <laughs> talking about Trent? Didn't he bring up Trenton Cannon like twice? So in 23 snaps last week, he caught four passes for 69 yards. Like, I don't expect Isaiah Crowell to do anything at all. Uh, the Bears' run D is just way too strong. And if I'm the Jets, I'm not even starting. I'm not even going to pretend like I think I can run the ball until I fall behind. I'm just coming right out with Trent Cannon and be like, all right, let's just air the ball out the whole game. And uh, I think Cannon's going to see over half the snaps in this game. I hope Crowell is high-owned. Uh, and then I can get Trenton Cannon ownership. Uh, he could have a huge I game. really hope that Crowell does bad every game for the rest of the season. So Tags and I's early season call actually ends up looking okay. <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's been what he's been, and that's fine. Hey, what about Chris Thompson? He's going to play this week. He had 13 receptions in week two, guys. Yeah. Always a big play threat. As, as a Redskins fan, I feel like uh, Gruden is taking every opportunity to limit the guys that are injured. Um, they, they, they've not pushed anyone that's been hurt. So if they get up on the Giants and it's only a one point spread, which is, seems crazy to me. I'm definitely going to bet the Redskins against the Giants, but if they do get up, I don't see any, they won't put Thompson out there more than they have to. All right. GPP. And since Blake Bortles is not on the slate to, uh, to annoy, <laughs> to annoy tags this time, I've got another player that I know will annoy him, but trust me, this guy has a big ceiling. We've seen it before. It's a great defense to go up against. Case Keenum could have a really big game, and he's $5,100. Not getting me to do it. <laughs> I don't think I'll be producing. <laughs> Good. I'll take all the monies then. All the monies. <laughs> yeah, you could have them. All right, who are you going with, Justin? My GVP quarterback every single week without fail is Baker Mayfield. He has he's still, even after a couple of kind of shaky outings in a row, he is the seventh highest rated passer on pro football focus. And when he's kept clean, he is the second best 
rated passer on Pro Football Focus. He's he's gonna be a superstar, man. He is so good. I think so. He's he's really when he has the time and he sees the option here that he should throw to, he delivers a great throw almost every time. I, I'm way too high on him. I I have him in my season long league. He's the only quarterback on my roster. I mean. I'm way too invested in him, but I go with Mayfield stacks and GVPs almost every single week. And what's crazy is he's taking five sacks a game, like you guys said. The Browns rank third in pass blocking. Third best? What? Like third best what? on Pro Football Focus if they're they are the third best pass blocking team. And I'm telling you, I've watched all the Brown games, and that is totally true. It's completely Mayfield's fault. Like that sucks. All the sacks that he's taking, <laughs> he is just standing in the pocket and then he steps right into a sack. And I just have to think at some point he makes an adjustment and then everyone will be like, wow, this Browns offensive line suddenly got a lot better. And it'll just be because Mayfield will stop giving away sacks to the defense. Um, So I'm hoping that he figures that out sooner rather than later. And and so I I like his chances and he's not facing a good pass rush at all this week. So hopefully he can he can do something. By the way, past four weeks and this is against some tough defenses. He's averaging 41 pass attempts per game. Next three weeks, yeah. he gets the Steelers, Chiefs, Atlanta. I like this call as well. Can you imagine? Hugh Jackson's gone next year. Urban Meyer leaves Ohio State, and the Browns sign Urban Meyer. And they pair him with Baker Mayfield. We've got, like, Belichick and Brady all over again. Yeah, or we have Chip Kelly. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, but man. anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll find out how to get there. I hope so, though. I hope. I think... I I could keep in my league I could keep Baker Mayfield for a 16th round pick next year so I am just I'm looking for any reason to be high enough on him to use my one of my keepers on him so we'll see but anyway I love that stack with Njoku, Landry, maybe Callaway or Rally. All right Tags, you have a name for us? Uh yeah, I'll just throw out two names, uh, Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford. Okay, I won't fight you. That's fine. Yeah, those ones sound pretty good. Especially if you go Baldwin. What about Josh Rosen, guys? I feel dirty for saying that, but like seriously, who who knows? Oh man, he's got he's got thirteen fantasy points, eleven, eight, and three. <laughs> no. If you pay four thousand five hundred for Sam Darnold and then you play Trenton Cannon, you can have anybody else you want. <laughs> Do it. I mean, he's got multiple touchdowns in four games this year, guys. Oh, I know. And the Bears defense is allowed like a QB five performance to Brock Osweiler. Yeah, yeah, they're a pass funnel defense, so it's Brocktober. Brocktober, yes. <laughs> Let's go lock of the week. I don't have like one clear lock, so I'm gonna need a little bit of time to think about this. Tags, why don't you go first? It's Devonte Adams. He's gonna be in every single one of my lineups. It's Devonte Adams. Okay, I'm gonna go with. You guys went so quick that I didn't even really have time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> you said you needed time to think. We gave you about four seconds. Yeah, man. Come, come on, guys. That's not fair. Um, <laughs> Fine, I'll waffle around a bit and then end up. On the <laughs> I, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. Kareem Hunt. Uh, Kareem Hunt's a ten point home favorite. He's seventy one hundred dollars on DraftKings. He's a lot cheaper than Todd Gurley on Fanduel. Like you save three thousand dollars. I'll take Kareem Hunt as my lock of the week. Who is your stack of the week, Justin? It's probably going to be the Brown stack again. But for cash games, I think it's the Dalton Green Boyd stack. Yeah, it's the Bengals for me. Uh, I, I like the Packers as well, but I don't know who to stack behind Adams. I don't want to go with a two-man stack. Rodgers, Adams, and Allison. Graham. Well, yeah, Graham. That's a good one. Rodgers, Adams, Graham is a great stack. Oh, yeah. Graham's a good one too, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's all for today's show. Justin, as always, it was a pleasure. Thank you for taking my side more than Tag's side. That is always appreciated. <laughs> Did I even do that? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. 
All right, guys, and thanks to the sponsors of today's show, FanDuel.com. Make sure to get some cash game lineups in. Go for the satellite, some GPP contest, and check out LisaMattresses.com as well. That's L-E-E-S-A.com slash Fantasy Pros for $160 off your mattress order. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.